Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Over the Top Sports Radio Saturday morning, March 9th. Getting ready for some March Madness action in baseball all in the next couple of weeks. And uh, Vinny and I got you uh, primed to it. Mike with the scheduled day off. Goon also a day off. But listen, I saw Goon's pictures last night um, out with his wife. So uh, he didn't look too uh, into it. So I can wonder why he has a day off today. who's back. No day off for you. No day off for me. Bobby G is back in the house. Back in the house. Talking a lot of sports. We've got some NL and AL Central previews for you guys today. Then he's got his bets, of course, as always, uh, with NCAA basketball. He's been cleaning up all year. Um, and a couple other things, you know, on the docket, some baseball rule changes that are going to be implemented in the Atlantic League. Mm-hmm. We're going to give our takes on that as well. And in the next 48 hours, Vinny, NFL free agency, uh, I love that they call it the legal tampering. Well, it's not tampering if it's legal, but the legal tampering period starts this week. Right. You can sign free agents this week. And, uh, you know, our New York football giants have made some interesting moves. One move that I hated, and one move that I was actually pretty happy with by David Gettleman. Yeah, everybody wanted to rip uh, Gettleman's head off with the news of Landon Collins not being franchise tagged. But at the same time, uh, he said he wasn't going to play under the franchise tag, and it didn't look like they were going to sign him long term. We all know they don't value that position very much. They didn't want to pay a safety, even though they were inquiring a little bit about Eric Weddle, so I heard. But regardless, Gettleman definitely made up for it with the big-time trade he made, sending Olivia Vernon, who we were on the verge of cutting, to getting a former first-round lineman, uh, Zeitler, over here, playing for the New York Giants. Great move. Uh, they, we even gained a million and a half in cap space on it. Uh, absolutely love this move. A big steal, great move by David Gettleman. And it's not a bad move for the Browns in their case either. Yeah, and, you know, the Giants' offensive line has been something that we've talked about forever, whether it be, obviously, Eric Flowers, um, some of the other guys on the, this offensive line that have just been trash. Um, and it was a Giants' weakness. And now it's starting to become into kind of a strength of this team. Now, we know the defense is the weakness. Uh, oh, if they, sure. I mean, there is no defense on no. the New York Giants right now. But when you have a left side with Solder and Hernandez, you got Jalapeno coming back at center. And now you have Zeitler. He's the sixth-ranked right guard last year in the NFL. Beautiful. Now you're just a right tackle away. from a vet, and, and you have Red Ellison that's there to help block. And, of course, mm-hmm. Evan Ingram, who had a good last couple of weeks, gives you a little bit. A promise. And he fullback is coming back. We saw his dad in San Francisco. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now it's turning into one of their strengths. And, you know, the question that I have, and I, I guess everybody has if you're a Giants fan, is what does this all mean? Because when you trade Snacks Harrison and you trade um, um, Eli Apple during the season, you got something for them. Right. If you knew you weren't going to take Landon Collins back, why didn't you trade him and get something for him? Where is this team going? Right. That was the interesting report. And I know somebody came out, and I think it was all bogus. They said the Giants are actually offered a first-round pick for Landon Collins last year. That can't be true. Because they had no intentions of signing him long-term, it seemed like. And they would have got a first-round pick. You can't turn that down for Landon Collins. And, but that's what I think the Giants are starting to do now. They're starting to actually get value for these guys. They don't usually re-sign guys to second contracts. You see it very rarely. We saw it with uh, – 
Odell Beckham, really, that's it. It's hard to name guys, the second contracts that they do. So now they're actually getting some value, whether it's fifth-round pick or not. The Giants actually have four fifth-round picks now. So maybe uh, Gettleman can trade up, maybe get a third-round pick, which we don't have. Um, so we'll see. Maybe they're actually starting to get some value for these guys, even though it doesn't look like much, but it's better than letting guys walk. Like we're losing Landon Collins, a top safety in the league for absolutely nothing. And you're seeing a couple things. Number one is Gettleman is getting rid of every Reese player he can get rid of. Oh, yes. Other than Eli Manning and Odell Beckham, he's getting rid of almost every Reese There's player. There's three remaining, I think. It's just Eli Odell and uh, Janoris Jenkins. So who knows? His leash might be up, too. There's a, a couple. Zach Diossi, you know, a couple. Oh, well, Diossi's a forever he, guy. Yeah, he's not even a, a Reese guy. If you <laughs> yeah. go back, he's a. He's, They're dwindling very, very low. He's been around for um, almost over a decade now. But the second thing that you're seeing is it's a trend in the NFL right now that all these big name safeties aren't getting jobs, and the market is now flooded with free agent safeties. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, everybody's saying that, well, Betcher's defense, Betcher's defense. First of all, Betcher's defense sucked. Yeah. Okay, and when did Betcher ever become, like, you know, this great defensive coordinator? He's supposed to be this master blitzer, and the Giants were, what, how low in total sacks this year? Awful. And, and they're going to get he worse without Vernon. pass rush, too. Yeah, exactly. They have no pass rush right now. None. They have no defense at all. So, you know, the, the rhetoric that everybody's saying right now about this Landon Collins thing is, well, he couldn't cover people. And then Betcher's defense, you know, he needs that. So maybe they're going to go out and get a safety like a, uh, a honey badger or something like that that can cover better than, than Landon Collins. But this guy was a homegrown giant. This guy was a big friend of the show. Um, <laughs> big Mike. <laughs> um, and, and you know what? He was a heart and soul. And he wasn't a pro bowler. He was an all pro. Right. There's a big difference in football between an all pro and a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. And people, they knock his uh, pass coverage. And I don't think that's the heart and soul reason why the Giants are bringing him back. It's because they can't afford to sign this guy long-term. That's the bottom line. They wanted to spend their money elsewhere. That, that was the big picture there. But you're right. He's an all-pro. And, yeah, his coverage wasn't that great, but he was a huge difference maker. And he's supposed to be the defensive leader and captain in the locker room. And for them, they just send this guy packing. It's a bad look. And speaking of bad luck, the Giants next year – are going to have a ton of cap space. Assuming Eli Manning doesn't restructure his contract, that means he'd have to sign the extension. You're going to lose his $23 million off that. You're going to lose other people's money off of uh, the salary cap. But what do you do this year? What are you trying to say when, you know, you're making these trades to make your offense better, you're making these moves for that, but you're bringing back your 38-year-old quarterback, but on defense, you're completely almost rebuilding. So what are they doing? Are the Giants trying to win this year? Because when you have to start they're, a 38 year quarterback. They're always in the middle. They're always in the middle. They don't know. And that's the worst place to be, and right? It is. It is. You got you to commit somewhere. But you're right. You're bringing back a 38-year-old quarterback who really isn't playing the best of his career, obviously. But um, what they are doing is they are giving Eli a chance to win this year on offense. And they are giving the next quarterback to come in a big chance to come into a very, very good, uh, well-surrounding round. He has a good offensive line now, the best running back in football, arguably, and, and a top wide receiver in football. You can't ask for more. You can't ask for more. But defensively, we got to get to work. I was going to say, until, to until you have to kick the ball off after you score a touchdown. <laughs> yep. I mean, we're thinking about, you know, those games that they played with New Orleans a couple of years ago, what, was it, 59, 51-48, right. something like that. It could be something like that, and they're still not winning. So it's just very – and then you see this move with Olivier Vernon. To me, it makes me think, well, there's so many good pass rushers. That's who they go with at number six in the draft. I hope they do that if it's, you know, between that and Haskins. Mm-hmm. So I know you're a big Kyler Murray guy. So I am. So, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting what the Giants do here because they don't have a lot of cap space to really fill these needs in free agency. What they need to do is not sign Josh Rosen, though. There's a reason that Arizona's already shifting to a new quarterback, just like that. They drafted Josh Rosen in the first round last year. There's a reason they already want to kick him out of the door. I don't care how much they believe in Kyler Murray and his talent. I do not want Josh Rosen a piece of the Giants. He's the last quarterback I want. I would take Case Keenum over him. I would take Teddy Bridgewater over him. I would take Rob Delmaro over him. Hey. Anyone. 
I, anyone. I did not want that guy in a New York Giant uniform. I'd take Haskins, anybody, man. He cannot come here. Do not waste draft picks on Josh Rosen. And there's a lot of, you know, quarterbacks that might be available to the Giants, though, after next year. You know, this year it's the Nick Foles market. It's right. going to be Blake Bortles might be cut once they sign Foles. And next year's draft class is very good. Next year's draft. And, I know, you know, I've, I've had some guys go at me with some of the guys next year. Like, you know, Tua people are now down on Tua, but last year he was God's great. The real player. prize is in two years with uh, Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson. But that's two years. That's, that's two the year years. after Tua, yep. right? Yep. So that's I mean, the real prize. And, and, and you wait that long. Giant fans can't don't want to suck for two more years. Not yeah. top five picks for you know four straight years. It'd be worth it if they got him though. It would. But at the same time, you're right. Two more years like that. And that's the problem with you know this whole last year. Everybody's fighting about whether you take Saquon Barkley or a quarterback. There was no Trevor Lawrence. Okay, Sam right. Donald's not Trevor Lawrence. They can make what they make of him. So it doesn't if there wasn't matter. Trevor Lawrence, you wouldn't then, be on the board for Saquon Barkley. Right. And even if so, then you worry about it. Then if there was the Andrew Luck, a Peyton Manning, you know, one of those guys. Right. That is a definitely can't miss you know, guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I just didn't see it in the draft last year. And I agree with you. Rosen mm-hmm. is far from that guy. I didn't want him last year. I don't want him this Probably year. Probably the worst of that class. Yeah. Including Lamar Jackson. And there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, you can get him for a third round pick now. Well, what does that tell you about him? That he went from a guy that was being considered number one overall last year to after one year in the league, now he's only worth a third round pick? Exactly. What is, that tells you everything you need to know about exactly. why you shouldn't get him. Spot on. I'd rather have Davis Webb. And you. Well, I, I would take. I would trust myself too. Um, I'd hand the ball off. Every, I'd audible to a run every play. Um, Which you is know, always a good play with that kid. And I mean, we're minutes away. It seems, or seemingly, at least for the last twenty-four to forty-eight hours, from seeing where Antonio Brown winds up. And uh, think of the whole, you know, straight. You know, it was funny because you were awake and you you chimed in. But you know, guys like you know Big Mike and some other guys in my chats, they're sleeping. You know, they woke up and had no idea that Antonio Brown was a bill. <laughs> and there wasn't a bill anymore. Um, that was just such a weird thing. And you don't usually see in Rappaport gets them so wrong. The NFL Network went live right. with coverage for an hour. Oh, it was everywhere. I mean, it was a done deal. Every Instagram sport account that people follow is all over the place. Uh, every media outlet in the world. Um, it was Ian Rappaport. He's a, he's a fair source, would you say? He's one notch a little below Schefter. He's, he's, he's either 1B or 2 to Adam Schefter, of course. And he, he was the first to report it. So then we saw AB go on Instagram to the NFL reporting the news. Uh, the NFL itself, their own Instagram put it up. They put and up and he wrote the fake news. Yes. So um, I know the Raiders are still the front runners, but for a deal that we were expecting to get done yesterday, it's still open today. And where do you think he ends up? I got to go to Oakland. They That's got the first round picks because they, they got the picks. They can afford to give a first-round pick. I know a lot of teams don't want to do that, but they could actually do it. I have one that a lot of people want to see and think is involved. I don't think it makes the sense that some people say, and I know you'll hate it, but a lot of people want to see him go to Green Bay. Uh, yeah, he doesn't fit in with them. I can't see a class organization like that taking on a guy. That I don't think they can clean him up. The Patriots, maybe, are the only hope that can clean him up. He's still going to be the diva that he is wherever he goes. And Las Vegas, the bright lights – that's a perfect setting for him. But um, Green Bay, obviously, giving Rodgers a weapon like that. Imagine him and Devontae Adams. Like, that's going to give Rodgers. But, but that's, that's one of the problems I have with people saying that he should go to Green Bay. is like, oh, he, you know, be the number one guy. Guys, they have a number one receiver. Devontae Adams is the number one receiver in the NFL. Yes, and I've doubted him a long time being a number one, but he sure is. Um, what did I just say? Oh, what, what if he's the juju? He doesn't want to go there. What if Devontae Adams is the juju of that team? And he's already the proven guy over there. He's not going to want to go there himself. I don't even know where the guy wants to go. He should put out his options because we don't know what teams make him happy or not. But you know what? If I'm the Steelers, screw his options. Yeah, the Steelers screw should be in full control here. You, because you don't want to he's play leaving them. Worst case scenario, you don't have to, we don't have to pay you next year, you know? And, and, you know, Steelers fans, 
I respect the Steelers. I've always been on, you know, there's top of the line organizations in the NFL. And I think the Giants are one of them. I think the Steelers are up there. You know, there's classy. They're just, and I'm not saying that as a Giants fan because there's teams I root for in other sports that I don't say are up there. That Green Bay's one too. Yeah. I mean, those are the, uh, I guess to an extent you could even put the Cowboys up there as a premier organization, as a model organization. They, I, think, I don't think that there is historically what the they, Giants... They got the history that helps them with that. Right. They, they, they found a lot of bad people. Right, but the Giants helped make the NFL the NFL. Right. The Green Bay Packers helped mold the NFL. The I know where you're going, yeah. Um, a prestigious organization. Um, and, and right now, there is so much drama going on in, in Pittsburgh. They had their best running back in football, the best receiver in football, and neither of those guys wants to be a Pittsburgh Steeler anymore. And, you know, I think the blame is really on Mike Tomlin, and nobody wants to say it. And the, uh, the R word gets thrown around when people say it, but I really, truly think he's the coach. He's got to be held accountable that he can't keep the locker room together, and these two guys want to leave. Well, people can't, people can't throw the racist thing out there because it's two African-American players that hate the organization, and if he's the problem, well, he's True. not white. And, and I'm not saying a white coach is going to solve this. No, I'm just saying not, Mike but, Tomlin – is why this has happened. Right, but I, I, you know, a coach and a quarterback, you know very well. I mean, open your wallet, right? Brady Belichick, how much more money do you have in your life because of the coach-quarterback combo? How much happiness do we have? It's right up there. They can't see it on Facebook. Eli Manning, what, two-time Super Bowl champion, coach-quarterback combo. Right. Tomlin Roethlisberger is the coach-and-quarterback combo that, you know what, has been pretty damn good in Pittsburgh you got to stick by your quarterback. They, they won a championship. So I don't blame Tomlin for having the quarterbacks back. Oh, of course not. Over a diva receiver and of a running not. back he that he has two suspensions for marijuana and that all he's worried about is money. And these two, they're both so worried about money that they're leaving a, a team that constantly makes the playoffs. I know last year they just missed it, but uh, they always make the playoffs, and I think the turmoil in the locker room is a big reason why they didn't make it last year. And what's the other reason? What happened in Week 17? Who didn't play? In a win and in. Antonio Brown. And Le'Veon Bell didn't play either. He didn't play the whole season. (laughs) You're telling me he couldn't – and I know James Conner did a great job. Mm -hmm. You know, good for him. He helped people in fantasy. He helped the Steelers win games. But you're telling me that they don't win one more game last year with Le'Veon Bell playing 16 times? They definitely do. And and that's all that it would have taken, and they have a chance to compete for the Super Bowl. And he makes Brown better. And Brown shouldn't be complaining anyway. He led the NFL in targets. It's not like he wasn't getting the ball. It's not like he was getting the ball. And his quarterback's not going to get a Passing yards. Nope, but uh, that, that interception against Denver really saw, was very salty about Antonio Brown. Well, and now Denver's quarterback is now moving to the East Coast to play in our division in Washington, who it's just a quarterback carousel right now with the Redskins. Yeah, uh, unfortunately lost Alex Smith, who's probably going to lose his NFL career with that gruesome injury. It's too bad because he's a, he's a classy guy. It's a guy I always kind of pulled for until he became to Washington, but obviously I would never wish something that drastic on somebody. Well, plus, plus if he didn't get injured, people, the, Giants, the Giants might not have had a 40 nothing halftime lead <laughs> in December. Yeah, that was uh, finally a fun Giant game to watch and kick your feet back and just watch everything go your way. But the Redskins, they move on to Case Keenum. I thought they'd be more involved in the uh, quarterback class this year. That doesn't take them out with their first-round pick of drafting someone like Drew Locke or Daniel Jones. But uh, Case Keenum, it looks like he's the guy that's going to be his fourth team in four years. But you know what? The guy, I know he didn't have a winning record last year, but he's a, he's a pro's pro. I don't know. It's just a temporary fix, and he's very cheap. You got a, a solid starting quarterback at a very cheap price that quarterbacks don't come up, uh, yeah. from. Yeah, and, and, you know, we talked about, you know, quarterbacks and what the Giants could do, and, and you don't know where they're going to finish. And one of the things I said last year when people were fighting me, telling me that Saquon's the wrong pick, I said, well, listen, if you're right that Eli has a bad year and sucks, then the Giants are right back in there in the top, you know, 
five or ten of the draft where they can make, they can maybe go for a quarterback then, then they get Saquon on the quarterback. Now, the quarterbacks aren't as good as I would like them to be. I would there's I, I trust me, I wish there were better options Absolutely. for the Giants, and they aren't. You could say the same thing about next year. But when I look at the free agent quarterbacks next year, there's a lot of big names. Now, are they all or any of them going to leave? But No, but it only takes us one. And you've already heard some discontent with Russell Wilson. He's going to get franchised. You have to imagine. You have to they imagine. can't let that guy go. Right. I mean, he's their whole thing. But if there's such a big problem, who knows? But Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, he's older. He's probably not going to leave. Roethlisberger's no. not going to leave. The Steelers, no. Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, you know, Tom Brady, Goff, Wentz, Winston Mariota. I wouldn't want those guys anyway. No. Um, but I'm just saying, there's ways to acquire quarterbacks. I'd like to see other than the top of the draft. I'd like to see him go the traditional way, though, like the guy Eli Manning. It's got to be the right guy, and it I does. just haven't seen the right. I don't think Donald was the right guy. I just you know, don't the, think the Giants gave up a lot to move up uh, from four to one to get Eli Manning, and they might have to make the sacrifice again to get their guy in the, the next year or the year after. All right, so looks like we got a caller on the line. All right, so we're gonna go to the phones, and uh, thank you for joining us. And what you want to talk about? Hey, yeah, I was just looking at that guy on the left with the sexy knees. I was wondering if he'd be available for a sexy gay orgy. I'd love to fuck him in the ass and tongue his asshole. Um, you know what? Sure. He's Why not? So hot. Anything to help I the radio. Know. You know, it's yeah, funny. I just there's a guy that lives asshole. here, you know, Horsey, H.C., um, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll give you his number because he's into that stuff. But thank you for the call and uh, appreciate it. The guy likes my knees. Sexy knees. My left knee, my right knee, and my high knee. So, anyway, um, we got AJ who was talking to us on Facebook, and he's not talking about my knees <laughs> or his tongue. Um, but he says Flacco's going to take Denver back to the playoffs. Um, and then he says Smith comes back. I don't know. Alex Smith? Alex Smith doesn't have anything maybe. to do with Flacco, though. Flacco's maybe. in Denver now. Yeah. Um, McCown is the best value quarterback that could do a lot for teams like Arizona. And he also says that's the best part of our show is our <laughs> phone call. So thank you. Um, he says you don't want Goff. We're not saying we don't want Goff. When I said guys I don't want, and it was me that said um, guys I don't want, I was saying Winston and Mariota. I was saying Goff and Wentz and then Winston and Mariota. Goff and Wentz, first of all, they're restricted free agents, so you're not going to lose. They're not going anywhere. And your coach quarterback combo. Right. And Goff is going to be the highest paid quarterback in football when he gets his contract because always it's the next guy gets the highest yeah. one. But um, if he stays there, it's okay Trust me, I'm not saying I don't want him. Him and McVay got something good over there. I was saying Winston and Mariota, so I'll clarify that. Yeah. I don't want either of those guys. Right. Neither do I. Neither do um, I. But uh, for the guy saying the Broncos are going back to the playoffs, I'd love to see that. and I love their defense and I like I think, Flacco, I think Flacco makes them a little better. I, I definitely do. Getting a veteran there is better than the other Trevor Simeons and Case Keenums they've been getting. But um, it's a really tough division. It's hard to put them over the KC Chiefs now and even the, the Chargers. you got to imagine they're living large over there in the uh, ALS. The Chargers were basically a step away from going farther. Now we have another caller with a different number. Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. I'm going to take this call. <laughs> um, and if it's another guy hitting on me, then that's our call for the rest of the day. So. <laughs> We thank you for calling. Hey, What's going on? sexy Can you two hot men kiss each other? All right. I mean, the fake, the fake, the first of all, the part of the phone numbers with these weird area codes and, and your fake Conor McGregor uh, accent, uh, they work. And, and you know, our, our friend Dan just joined in. So maybe Dan, you know, watching on Facebook, we know he's into the whole thing with guys thinking, you know, other guys are sexy. But uh, well, that's not working for us now, fake Conor McGregor. Um <laughs> 
flamboyant. Uh, AJ said. seems to know. Uh, you know what they're saying? It was your knees. See, they said My left. Are exposed, they yeah, did. well, they said left. I'm on our left, but I guess on TV left <laughs> is you. So, great. They didn't want me. It's all Don't you. Me. It's Don't all me. you. I'm, I'm the lucky guy. And you know what? AJ, thank you for clarifying that, which means he's looking at your knees, too. Maybe AJ is our rogue caller. Maybe AJ is the caller here. Um. Let's see. Haskins by far the best quarterback in the draft. I know you don't believe that. Oh, I don't. I think it's Kyler Murray. Um, Haskins, he's, uh, he's, he's actually more of a passer than a runner, despite Stephen A. Smith's uh, beliefs. Um, I know, but the thing is, you know what? He had one year. So did North Carolina's Mitchell Trubisky. And, um, but he did throw 50 touchdowns in this year, and that's uh, something not to go unnoticed. In the Big Ten, uh, good defenses in that conference. Um, I don't know. He just uh, I just don't see a franchise quarterback in him. He might be good. Who knows? But I don't think he's the answer. I'd rather them go a different way. I mean, if you just look at the stats. Oh, they look great. Without the name or seeing him play. And he is more of a pocket passer. And you know, you know he's, he only got, he's only got 15 to 20 pounds more on Kyler Murray. The, height, um, the height's about five inches. Yeah, because Kyler inches, at the but, combine got that extra right, eighth of an but, inch, too. Yeah, but he bulked up uh, weight-wise. He's only at 15, 20 pounds less than uh, Dwayne Haskins. AJ, who I think was at the combine scouting, says that Kyler Murray lacks the arm strength and his footwork is off. Oh, the arm strength's there. He's got a deadly accurate arm strength. And you would know better than me. I don't watch as much college that football other than Pac-12. He just throws downfield left and right. He's very accurate. The arm strength's there. Listen, Kyler Murray possesses every great trade. I say it every single week on the show. He possesses every great trade a quarterback can have except for his height. That's the only downfall for him, and that's it. He can run. Uh, he can make every throw. He's got a strong arm downfield. He's accurate. He's fast. Everything you want, he's just short. Yeah, and uh, you, you're starting to see in the NFL that that doesn't matter. I mean, Russell Wilson's a prime example. He's the perfect guy to compare him to. Um, of a guy that his size doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sure, fake, I'm sure fake Conor McGregor would agree that size doesn't matter. Um, so we're going to move on to baseball. Um, and as we do each year here on Over the Top. Before we move to football, what did you think of uh, David Irving's retirement for the Cowboys? Uh, so that he could be uh, a pot smoker? Yep. I mean, he's going to hang out with Ricky Williams, also a former what Cowboy. What kind of example do you think he's setting for everybody? I don't think he cares. <laughs> I, don't I don't think, think he, does. he cares, but you know what? Snoop Dogg said it's a bad example, and he's the, the iconic pot smoker. Right, but, you know, and, and I, I don't smoke, but it's becoming legal in so many states, and it's going to be legal all over because, obviously, the government can make money off of it. Can you see the NFL banning it if enough players complain about it? Um, no. They shouldn't? No. I don't think so, but he doesn't want to play, and he wants to go do what he does. And hey, one less cowboy is okay with me. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. And it makes them look. Made you know, a whole video smoking a joint while retiring, but um, it's okay. So did uh, Laramie Tunsil. That's that's why the Giants didn't take him in the draft, and we should have. Yeah, I know. He was my guy. I, I mean, he would never would have fallen to the Giants to begin with without the video, but they still passed on him like and, a lot of other teams. Yeah, right, right. Uh, you know, the Giants don't do that. They don't draft those kind of guys. Uh, last, last night on the NFL, before we move over to the uh, central previews, uh, Jaguars released five players, including Malik Jackson and Carlos Hyde. They freed up $30 million of cap space. What do they think in this offseason? They want a quarterback. They want they want to get uh, Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to be about. And they're going to release Blake Bortles, you would think, and save a little bit more of some cap money. Not a lot, because there's going to be a big cap associated with it. But they'll save some, and they'll finally get their quarterback. Yep. But so what are they doing? Foles, but you know what? They're doing it at the behest of their defense. Their defense is what made them so good two years ago. They sucked this year, but they've already gotten rid of a lot of these guys. And they started last year with the exodus. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey staying put though, but uh, let's see, thirty million dollars. You got to imagine most of that's going to Nick Foles. Uh, then with a quarterback, I don't think their defense is as good as it was two years ago. 
Uh, we'll see if they get on the right track. They still got Leonard Fournette. If he's healthy, you know he's a great bat. And AJ's last uh, comments about the quarterbacks before we move on to baseball is shorter Corby's, uh, quarterbacks. Six feet and under have less average batted passes per attempt than those over six feet over the last five years. He thinks height is overrated, um, which goes that's to – That's a true stat. That's a pretty good stat yeah, for a short he quarterback. He said key is a higher release like Breeze and Wilson to be successful. I agree. Um, and Nick Foles – I don't even know what that means. It's a, a lot of fancy stats for me. 60 <laughs> to 70 GTD, 22, I don't know. Oh, guaranteed dollars. I get it. He wants 60 to 70 million dollars, uh, 22 and a half to 25 million average annual value. Um, and he's going to get it. And you know what? That's great. Because if he's good, he's not in the Giants conference. And we don't see him for three more years. And the Eagles will be worse. And he's if a better he's, quarterback than Carson Wentz. And if he's bad, who cares? It's, it's the freaking Jaguars. <laughs> um, and that Jalen Ramsey Still deserves can't believe that team was in the AFC Championship two years ago. Yeah, and then they went out there and they talked all the crap in the world, <laughs> and then they ended up where the Jaguars always belong. Left down season. Um, so let's start in the American League with the American League Central. Like I said, every year we break down divisions, and it sucks to have to do it without Big Mike because Big Mike lives for this. Big Mike's got right. a lot of – you know, he knows all the guys in every farm system. I know the Braves farm system. I know the Mets and Yankees because I live around here. This guy will tell you about the Cardinals or the Diamondbacks loves or whatever. Prospects, he loves prospects, and he loves taking them to fantasy, and he loves picking up people. And we got the board behind us. We, we got the our board. big draft tomorrow over Big here. fantasy draft tomorrow. That's the big day is tomorrow. Um, but um, AL Central, I got World Series odds for you. They're not that exciting. The Indians plus 1,200. Uh, you got to imagine they're going to win this division. Twins plus 5,000. White Sox, 7,500. Royals and Tigers plus – 25,000 to win the World Series. Uh, you got to imagine the Indians at 1,200 is not that bad value, it's, you know, especially when you think they're going to win the division and avoid the wild card game. Division odds, though, Indians minus 350, Twins plus 400, White Sox plus 1,400, Royals, plus, uh, at Royals and Tigers plus 3,300. I mean, those are we'll, – we'll just start at the bottom and just say um, – AJ says, best luck, guys, not a baseball guy until September. Thank you for uh, chiming in, AJ. Let me tell you, next weekend is going to be a lot of football with all the NFL signings. So, AJ, jump on it with us next weekend. Um, If that's not you calling to be Conor McGregor, call in and we talk about your Denver Broncos and what they did. Um, Big Mike says the Twins are going to surprise teams. They've improved the lineup a ton. Like I said, start at the bottom. Tigers and Royals, do both teams hit 100 losses? I I truly think they do. Uh, I really think they could because I just don't think those teams are any good at all. No, and the Tigers just really shot themselves in the foot. Uh, they just don't have good prospects, uh, wrong trades, uh, big-time moves with Miguel Cabrera has a lot of money. Um, they just, you know, once they lost Verlander, they pretty much sunk it in for a couple of years now. Yeah, well, they went all in when they, you know, signed so many big guys and, you know, they had Miguel Cabrera division. and all them. This was their and, – and, you know, they couldn't get over the hump. And now here they are. Now they're paying for it, which yeah. is fine. I mean, that's what you got to do. So – That'll be the bottom of the division. Of course, the Royals won the World Series a couple of years ago. They're now then, back to the and Royals. And their biggest trade piece, Michael Fulmer, uh, rookie of the year. Two years He's ago. always hurt. Had a, uh, yep, battling injuries all the time. Had a horrible year last year. Now this guy's trade value is absolute crap. So they can't even build some prospects around this guy unless he comes out. That's the point of their season, if you ask me. Miguel Cabrera, potential milestone achievements, and Michael Fulmer, so they could get him. Trade him at the deadline if he's any good. Now I don't think Miguel Cabrera will go anywhere. I think he'll retire there. Um, but he could still help some American League teams if they ever wanted to move him and continue the rebuild. Pitcher's always in the market, that's for sure. Um, it looks like to me, and going by your odds, that the White Sox are the clear number three team, and then you right. got the Twins and the Indians at the top. Um, we'll start with the Indians, who to me are they're the best team kind of by default. And I know Big Mike is big on the uh-huh. Twins, like you said, he's going to surprise teams. They like the he likes their lineup. Um, 
I just don't think it's a good division. Right. Um, and Cleveland, to me, is weird. You already heard about them wanting to trade Kluber all winter. They didn't do it yet. Uh, Trevor Bauer only signing for one year, so what's that going to do? He wants to be on the contract. I don't think they're contracts. trading uh, Kluber either. I think um, it's going happen already. They don't have to pack it in. What do they got to pack it in for? This is their division still. By I mean, default, like you said. But, but while that's true, we saw last year this is a team that we knew was going to coast to the playoffs and then really not have much of a chance. They don't, but uh, that rotation is the best in baseball, if you ask me. Kluber, Carrasco, Bauer, Clevenger. It's a great rotation, honestly. And uh, outside and a good of bullpen. Uh, yeah, outside of Ramirez, I know they lost Andrew Miller, but um, outside of Ramirez and Lindor, who's banged up, that lineup is just not good. It's not good at all. But they didn't go out there. They could have spent money. They could have went out there and got a Nelson Cruz. But instead of that, why why did they spend the whole offseason discussing moving some of these pitchers? I don't know. I don't know. They should be still the, stacking. The window is open. They should, that's what I'm saying. You got this rotation. Stack up your lineup. Uh, maybe get another arm to fill in for Andrew Miller. And, and go and try to go grab this thing while you can. You might not have a better team than you have right now. And big you Mike, two of the best hitters in baseball and arguably three of the best pitchers in baseball. And Big Mike loves their pitching. He says they have four starting pitchers, top 25 fantasy guys, best rotation in baseball. I don't agree that they're the best rotation in baseball, but who's better? They're top three or four. I, you know, listen, I really like the Nationals. I mean, when you could throw uh, out. Indian better than the uh, Nationals. I don't know. Scherzer. 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 Um, Scherzer see what Corbin Cooper, could but... do now that, now that Corbin's pitching in big, you know, bigger you know, situations. Right. Um, Strasburg, I, he, he's good, but I just don't. I don't trust him. I love that Mets rotation when they're healthy. I'm not a Mets fan. I hate the Mets fan. That rotation when they're healthy is freaking good. It is, but this is better. This is better. These are four guys that have thrown 200 innings. Uh, two of them will be Cy Young worthy. You know Kluber's going to be in the Cy Young race every single year with his spin rate, uh, Carrasco's uh, power pitching, Bauer's wackiness, and Clevenger's delivery. I mean, it's just it, those and, four. And he's got the long Those hair. four can handle their own against any team. Yeah. Any pitcher, go toe-to-toe with them. Yeah, and then they're and they're gonna look a lot better than uh, they might in another division because they get to play some of the games against Chicago, Detroit, right, yeah. and Kansas City. Watch, watch, it's gonna make watch. them look a lot better than maybe uh, if they had to play against you That's know true. the AL East. No doubt, nineteen times That's, a year. You mentioned it right in the top when we got into this division. It's it's pretty much by default why the Indians are here, but that doesn't take away from their rotation being the best in baseball. So that also seems like. Um, we're taking away from the Twins. Now, Mike is big on the Twins. How are you on the Twins? I was big on the Twins last year, so I'm going to stay big on them. I'm a big believer in Jose Barrios. I think he takes another step going into an ace caliber, which he's the ace of that set. He'll be the opening day starter. Uh, they made some decent moves this offseason to, to just help around everywhere. So we'll, we'll see how the Twins go. I think they can battle for a wild card in that second uh, wild card spot. Uh, obviously, you know, the other wild cards coming out of the AL East. So um, I, I, I like the Twins. And um, they're, look, when we get into win totals, um, I might go over with them. We'll see. But I, I like the moves they made this year. I like their lineup. I think it's underrated. If they can get any value out of Byron Suxton, um, <laughs> then this is the fifth year for his breakout campaign. We'll see if it actually happens. But they keep believing in this guy. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But I think they have a solid team all around. I just don't like their pitching. Their pitching is just not. Outside of Barrios, it's not that great. And no. Barrios is, is good, but he's not put himself into an upper echelon. They got my yeah. big Mike Pineda. Does he come back? <laughs> Yeah, he'll have three great starts. Everybody in the world will pick him up. 18 Ks. They'll all pick him up in fantasy because he's 3-0 with a 190 ERA, and then he'll give up nine runs and two and a third. The model of inconsistency. One one day he's going to look like the best player in baseball, and then the next day he'll get rocked and bounce in the first inning. Yeah. um, But, once again, uh, Mike says that uh, Barrios' home road splits are crazy. Not good. 
You want more consistency out of your ace. Yeah, but we all know what the Twins expect. They expect greatness. Just have 255. 256. 256. 256. Homie Killebrew, you get a statue. Speaking of statues, um, since we just said it um, real quick, Mets, all of a sudden, giving a statue at City Field to Tom Seaver, and they happen to announce it when – <laughs> Coincidentally, when he had no, it has nothing to do with him having dementia, which is, is a terrible thing. And Tom Seaver is a New York icon, mm-hmm. whether you're a Mets fan or not. Neither of us are. Right. We respect the hell out of Tom Seaver. Absolutely. He's the greatest Met of all time. No doubt. Um, but the will punches can never get it right. They never can. And, um, you know, everybody's complaining about the Jackie Robinson Memorial. I know people did at the time. But it should have been Tom Seaver then. I don't like how people are coming out now saying it should have been. But it's just it's sympathetically pathetic that the Mets are finally honoring their best player in franchise history. And it's not even close to number two. It's not even close. Tom Seaver is the best Met of all time. He has no recognition in there besides his uh, number retired in the little corner over there. And now, now that he has dementia, now they want to honor him when he's going to forget about it. You know, it's, it's not right. He should, he should have been there. He should have been there from the start. He should have been, they should have been honored. He really should have been in there instead of Jackie Robinson. Why is Jackie Robinson even honored? He was never even a Met. Yeah. And, Mike has it exactly the way I would have said it. Um, why did they build a Jackie Robinson rotunda at City Field and nothing for Tom Seaver? It looks worse that they're doing it now. Now yeah. that he gets diagnosed, as I mentioned, now they're like, oh, now they feel obligated to give him what he should have had since they built that ballpark. And I love City Field. I think it's a great ballpark. It is a great ballpark. First of all, but I'm not a Mets fan. And the problem I would have is I was a Mets fan. There's no blue and orange. There's no Seaver, Gooden, Strawberry. You know, right. those type of guys, you know, uh, any, any type of statues or, you know, any ode to their past. Right. But Jackie Robinson, who was a Brooklyn Dodger, by the way, the Dodgers, <laughs> who played the Mets in the playoffs in the first playoff series ever at City Field, mm-hmm. were playing the Brooklyn, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> well, they had an ode to the building for the Dodgers. That's the Mets for you. That's the Mets for you. But it's – um. It's sad. It's a bad look, and Tom Seaver doesn't deserve it. Honestly, the statue—it's you're gonna—you're not gonna look at it the same as you should be looking at that statue. You're gonna look at it as now as the Dimension statue, and not the best player in Mets franchise history. Statue. Right, and now you can't have him there because he's out of the public eye forever, so he won't be there to have an unveiling. Yeah, he's out. Of, yep, he retired. And, and Tom life. Seaver is not a guy that retired from the Mets and was never seen again. He did Mets TV for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Tom Seaver, up until very recently, when people started voting for Griffey and Maddox and, and then, of course, Mariano Rivera, for 30 years straight, had the highest percentage of Hall of Fame votes on the first ballot. For a long time, yeah. Uh, he was always number one until Griffey. Actually and that, right? if that I mean, uh, wasn't good Mariano. enough to get you a statue, but now you go, holy crap, you know what? He's sick and he feels bad. Let's do a nice PR move. Should have been up there to begin bad, with. Bad timing. Bad timing. And like, like I said, you're just not going to look at the statue the way it should be viewed. It's, it's, a, it's a pathetically uh, sympathetic statue they're doing. And a comment on it's Facebook. Um, you can guess who wrote it. They should have Doc Gooden sitting in the rotunda on game days getting paid $600 to sign autographs. <laughs> His autograph isn't even worth $600. No. Great picture, though. Plus, you know what it's going to go to. Oh, yes. Um, we, we don't know where that's going. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of snow this winter, but for six hundred dollars, Doc Gooden will find it. All right, it. let's do so. Let's so do real quick, the win totals for the AL. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Do you want to guess any of these? Yes. All right. I'll tell you what they had last year. Okay. And then you can guess. All right. Last start year, top. we'll start with the. You want to start at the top? Start at the top. All right. Cleveland Indians. They had ninety-one last year. I'm going to guess ninety-three and a half. It was ninety and a half. 
So they have this year's ninety and a half. So they haven't gone down. They're going down. Um, so I love the over. Yeah. Right right now. How do you not? Um, yeah, I got to go over too, especially in that division. They'll, they'll beat up on the bottom three, maybe even the whole division. <laughs> um, Minnesota Twins last year they had seventy-eight. The Twins will be over five hundred this year. Um, I'm going to go eighty-three and a half. Very close, eighty-four and a half, and I'm on that over. Okay, I just not their rotation. Right, yeah. They're going to go over 500. Yeah. How much? I mean, I mean, going over 500 is 82 wins minimum, right? If you're going under. I got to get three more wins. Yeah. And they play Kansas City, Detroit, and uh, and the White Sox 58 times mm-hmm. or 57 times. I'll take the over. Yeah. I'll take the over also. So since now it's going to the teams that are getting beat up by those top yeah. two teams. Uh, the White Sox last year 62 wins. You know, we didn't spend a lot of time on them because we only have an hour today. Right. And we have a lot to get to. I think that they're a team that's on the rise. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is their year yet. Uh, they're kind of where the Braves were a couple of years ago, and then the Braves ended up being so far ahead of schedule. I don't think they'll be that far ahead of schedule. But I that was th- rare for the Braves. No yeah, one saw that last year. No, and I you can't sit there and every year think there's going to be a team that does that. Right. Um, I say though they're markedly better. I'll say seventy-five. You're close, man. Seventy-four and a half, right on the money with that. Um, it's. We, it's not fair to mention the White Sox and not mention uh, Eloy Jimenez. Uh, that kid, he gets Aaron Judge comparison, saying he strikes out less and walks more. And Aaron Judge walks a lot. So the guy's got plate discipline and a whole lot of raw power. So um, when he comes up, definitely an eye you want to keep on. And uh, he's going to be drafted probably in the top 10 rounds over here in fantasy. People are going to stash him on his bench because that's the kind of potential he possesses. Jose Abreu on a contract year. Maybe Young Moncada bounces back. He's a top prospect in baseball not too long ago. So they, they got pieces, and I agree, maybe not this year, but definitely soon down the road, this team's finally going to get some people. If they got a little Manny Machado in here, we might be talking a little differently about this whole division and who comes in second. Yeah. So uh, that would have been a big And win. they wanted to. Yeah, they, they, they wanted them. They were over there. They were in the sweepstakes. But um, plus 1,400 to win the division, 74 and a half wins. I'm going to go – oh, it's going to be slightly over under. This is a very good spot for them. I'm going to go – I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over because I guess 75, it's just – it's a half win. I hate the other two teams. I don't see them being 80 wins, but that no. gives me five wins in between this, and I'm going to go right smack in there. No, and you'll see a lot of September call-ups going on, and that, a lot of division baseball in September, so they could be at that 66, you know, mark with two or three weeks to go, and that's some easy games left that maybe that can put them over. So um, I'll go over, but that puts me over on the first three teams in the division, so I guess you I guess you can see where we're going. There you go, yeah, I'm uh... I'm over on all of them as well. So, Royals, last year, 58 wins. Yeah. I'm going to say, I said there are 200 lost teams in the league. I am going to say, so that means I'm saying under 62. I'm going to say Vegas might not be so hard on them. I'll say 64. 69 and a half. Oh, my God. That's an easy under. Yeah, Vegas uh, likes them a lot more much. than me. Outside of Whitmerfield, uh, especially with South Perez, not too much to be uh, – liking about the Casey Royals. I like Jacob Junis, but it's hard to take him when he's going to get no run support over there, pitching in a uh, pitcher's park. Underrated pitcher, though. And then the Tigers, lastly, they won 64 games last year. I am going to say 64. I'll say, I'll say they stay there. It's uh, 68 and a half. They got being a little better. So I, I hate them more than Vegas hates them. I'm yeah. going to take the under there, too. And Easy I'm under the there. under. It was a pretty chalky division there. But that's the IL Central for you. You know who's good, you know who's And bad. that's why we, we say what we say about Cleveland. That's why it's a default division. No better way to sell out that division, honestly. But uh, NL Central, World Series odds, the Cubs plus 1,100, Cardinals plus 1,200, 
Brewers plus 1,400. This is the division between these guys. Reds plus 7,000 and the Pirates plus 7,000. Division odds, Cubs plus 200, Cardinals plus 225, Brewers plus 325, Reds and Pirates plus 700. All positive payouts that division is no lock for anybody. No, and there's three teams, I think, that are far and away above the other two. I don't like Pittsburgh. I don't like Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati is a little love. Cincinnati had a pretty decent offseason mm-hmm. trying to just get better. Um, listen, bringing Sonny Gray in is a no-lose situation for them because there's no pressure on him. It's not a New York thing. Well there, even though that's a big hitter's park over there. It is. It is. But, um, you know, his best years in Oakland were in a big pitcher's park. And then the hitter's right. park in New York didn't help him. So he, was pitched, it the, he pitched decent on the road for the end. Was it a hitter's park issue, or was it the pressure of New York? That's what we're going to find it out about Sonny Gray in Cincinnati. It could be both. So, um, But like I said, it's a hitter's ballpark, so we'll see. Maybe if he has those home uh, lost splits, then you can blame it on the ballpark. If not, you can blame it on New York. So how about, we'll world, how about world Series odds? World Series odds, um, I, I just did those. I did those. Oh, before. that's what those are the first ones. Yeah, okay, the second yeah, okay. one was uh, Cubs 200. Probably. Yes, okay. Um. Who do you got winning? I have the Cardinals winning, and I have I have Goldschmidt at worst being third and the third for MVP in the league. I think Goldschmidt in that lineup is going to absolutely win. Yeah, and uh, someone I think uh, who got to a rough start with the Cardinals will have an all-around good year. Marcelo Zuna is going to benefit big time. He's so such a big run producer. Yeah, he is. And uh, he had he had what was considered a bad year last year. You look at his numbers, they are pretty damn good. I think he finished with 88 RBIs, and he got out to a really rough start. So now he's going to have Dolce in that lineup. He's a guy I would love to fans in baseball. Hopefully I can target him in maybe the fourth round. Uh, and, we, and we can't talk about draft. them without talking about how great Matt Carpenter did last year and how he returns yeah. now. And he has even more protection in that lineup as well. That's going to help him. Uh, the guy's average is down, but now he's a power hitter. He's a bona fide 30 home run hitter every single season. The Cardinals got a nice young rotation going on there. Uh, Hicks is killing it in the spring training right now. His uh, K per nine is ridiculous. And we all know that guy throws very, very hard. They pick up Andrew Miller, a big piece of their bullpen. Love the Cardinals win. Paul Goldsmith by second uh, finished for MVP behind your boy. Ronald Lacuna Jr., who I think I'm bigger on than you are. Um, I, 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 He's not I, your MVP. He can be bigger than, right? Well, I, I say Goldsmith top three for MVP. Um, the thing with that, and we'll talk about when we talk about the NL East, is I don't know if the Braves are going to win enough to get an MVP from their team. That's true. The playoff uh, implications do play a factor. Everybody has to vote for guys, teams that yeah. win. I don't like that. And, and probably Rob Arnato of a couple MVPs over there in Colorado. Yeah, and you know, one of the few guys that overcame that was your boy. Yeah, you got to make the playoffs, and then you get the ballpark factor on you for Arnado in Colorado. Unless, well, I'm saying your boy A-Rod was the one guy that overcame that. Yes, he did. Texas, you can't look at those numbers and not give it to him. Those yeah. numbers are ridiculous. So, um, who do you uh, who do you have? Since I have I, the Cardinals. You have the well. Cardinals as well? I do. Um, Cubs, I see them going downwards. Uh, rotations old. Lester. Hamill, Darvish, is getting old now. Lester's the open day starter. He had a good year last year. Do you see him repeating what he did last year? Is this finally the downward age catching up with John Lester? I don't know if it is, but I don't know if it matters because I, I just don't like the rest. I don't like Darvish. I, I don't. Darvish I don't is always up. Hamill's look great going over there. He's back in the NL. I think he's. I think he'll be okay. Right, but is he gonna? Hendricks is good. Is he gonna make one guy with his off speed, you know, Greg Maddox fake like uh, right. pitching? I don't know. And I, um, lineup wise, I see Chris Bryant going up. 
I think he gets back to normal. He can but only I see, go up. I see Javi Baez going down. I don't see him having a year like he had last year. Yeah, he was MVP, you know. Until Yelich stole it from him. Yeah, he was MVP until September started. I mean, between him and, you know, some of these other guys, Matt Carpenter, I mean, those were the guys for the MVP, and it was all in the NL Central. Oh, this is a very good division. These, these three top teams are going to beat each other up. And I'm going to say that the Cubs take second and the Brewers take third, but I've not been a believer in the Brewers. And lately, they keep proving me wrong yeah. every year. And I'm, I'm going to stay down on Yeah. Uh, Josh Hader, obviously a valuable weapon there. Uh, he keeps the so between Hader and Hicks, great. Yeah. That's some good that's some good arms out of the that's uh, some firepower right yeah. there. Uh but yeah, I'm with you. I, I like the Brewers team, but I just can't I can't put them over the hump of those Cubs and Cardinals yet. And that's too bad because they were a good team, they're underrated, but that rotation, I just don't believe in it. So I didn't believe in it last year and they were pretty good. I'm not believing them again. I'm gonna double down. Yeah, and they and they added the Yasmani Grandal. Um, you know, to the lineup, that's you know, a switch hitting catcher that you know, yeah, you don't hit. see that, you know, especially he, he's arguably the third or fourth best catcher in baseball because it's just a weak position, right? But I'm sorry, Julius Chassin and all these guys, they just haven't, no, they've they, never done it. I don't trust these guys, there's no true ace on that team, and I'm right. surprised they didn't go out and try to get one. That's why they weren't in the Dallas Keiko sweepstakes, but like nobody, nobody is, no one is, but uh, that might be with his asking price because apparently that asking price is asking for what was it like 20 million a year or something? It was something ridiculous. Yeah. He's never getting that, and that's what he, if he's not backing down from that offer. He ain't gonna play this year, yeah, he'll get zero a year. So he's but, gotta um, be somewhere. Let's do the win totals here. Uh, we'll start from the top. Uh, the Cubs 95 win team last year, they're not a 95 win team again. I'd say 89. You're right on the money again, 88 and a half. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm going to take the under. And I'm going under as well. And I think they'll still finish in second place, but I'm going to take the under. And the Cardinals and Nets, 88 wins last year. Well. Very good offseason. I don't know if Vegas agrees with us that they're going to win, but I love their offseason. I would say 93. 88 and a half, and that's that's an over I really like right now. I think they win 90 games this year. Right now I'm on the over. I love that. I love that. I'm iffy, though, with Vegas doing that. You look at the 88 wins. We talk about their offseason. We talk about the love. We talk about them getting one of the best players in baseball, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, and they only raised it a half win after all that. Andrew Miller, Paul Goldschmidt, young rotation. Uh, it's a little fishy to me, but I, it's hard for me not to take you over. But at the same time, I feel like they're begging you to do it. But uh, we'll move on to the Brewers. They won 96 games in the division last year. What do we got them with this year? Um... I would say they're going to also be in, I would say, 87. Close, man. 86 and a half. You're good. Good with these. You should be making these odds. No, trust me. When I bet them, I, I could be good with this, and everything I bet's going to be wrong. No. <laughs> so, no one's um, a very good better, it seems. No. Except for college uh, basketball. We'll get to that in a minute. Um. Yeah, I, I like them on the I like the under on it, but I, I I think that this could be one of those seasons where it's the Cardinals ninety two, the Cubs eighty seven and, and, and Milwaukee eighty five or eighty six. I like, could see this whole division going under. Just because they're gonna beat up on each other. And they're gonna be close. The Reds, you know one of these teams are gonna get swept by the Pirates. You know they're gonna get these bad series lost by the bottom. It's not like the AL Central where you just think the Indians are gonna walk all over everyone. I could see the Pirates and Reds stealing series in this division. And but then you also you know, it, it's gonna come down to maybe who makes the deadline deal. That puts them over the top. One of those three teams are going to have to do oh. it to win that division. And who's going to have the bad injury? And yeah, you know, of course. It's going to be deadline deal injury in that division. That's not like a central where you're going to have pretty much an easy 
ride to the uh, division. That goes with every division, but to this division, it might mean more because those three teams, any one of them can win that division, 100%. That and the NL East are just so up in the air. Yeah, the NL East is very competitive, too. I can't wait to get into that one with you guys. Uh, Brewers, 86 and a half. I'm going to go with the under. You took the under as well. Yeah, I, but I, I I see it right there. 85, 86 wins. Okay. Uh, Reds, 67 win team last year. I think they're an improvement. Um, 74? It's 79. It's a lot. I think that's like, too much love. Let me take the under on yeah, that. Yeah, too much love. And that's um, a good division. Slightly under 500. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It is. Uh, I think they're better, too. I don't think they are 12 games better than their 67, though, last year. So, under on the red 79. Wow, I'm surprised by yeah, that. Yeah, they're getting a lot of love there in Vegas. So, um, keep your eyes open for them this year. Um, Mike agrees. He says the red's under. Yeah. yeah. Pirates. Uh, plus 700 to win this division. They won 82 games last year. One game over. Um, I think the Pirates are better than the Reds, though. I still think the Reds are the last place team. I don't know if you agree. Well, we didn't really no, get into that. I disagree that. with that. Um, I love Tyon, though. I just don't I don't like the Reds. One ball Tyon? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I don't think they're a 500 team anymore, though. Um, I would assume that since you said them last, <laughs> Vegas has them it's under the 79. Reds. <laughs> so... Um, I don't know, 76, 77? Well, 77 and a half. I'm on that under as well. Mike likes the Reds over the Pirates, too. And he likes the under on the Pirates. I like the under on the Pirates, too. I'm under on the whole division but the Cardinals. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's a division. I agree. But like you said, the, the, the Cardinals number seems a little bit trappish it, as well. It does. It very much does. And that would probably be going under. <laughs> you know it. It wouldn't stop me from betting it, but it's it's hard to it's hard to say they're only gonna be happening better than last year. It's, you know, it really is. Yeah, I think I think Goldschmidt's a difference. I I love that guy. We're talking we're talking about arguably a top five hitter. And he and got off to one of the worst starts in baseball last year. That still you for great I, numbers. I, I mean, what did he end up with? Uh, it was they were good. They're really good. I mean, um, but yeah. year, but he, he two months in, I mean, people were like. They're running, ready to trade him for almost nothing in fantasy and just get rid of him like he's going to suck. And then by the end of the year, I mean, look at this number, 33 and 83, and he ended up hitting 290. That's nuts. That means, I mean, the second half of the year, he was hitting 340 or better and, you know, driving in runs. It's a far cry from 36 and 120 the year before. Big Mike blames the Jupiter. Yeah, well, that's not a factor anymore for him. Don't got to worry about that. Only, what, six times a year now? Um, yeah, yeah, and who knows? But um, so yeah, with AL and the NL Central, um, any of these teams you see uh, making a big push, you know, for the World Series? Um, I could see the big on the Cardinals. As iffy as, as, as I am on the win total, um, I, I I believe in them. I like that young rotation. I like I love that Andrew Miller is there. I think he's a big factor, especially come playoff time. And obviously the Goldschmidt move and Ozuna is going to benefit from that. I, I like the Cardinals. I, Definitely think they could get to the NL championship. Yeah, I like the NL, uh, NL East, AL East, uh, Dodger. You know, I, the Central teams to me just have – just, there's something missing for me. Do but, we see two teams come out of the uh, division, make the playoffs, though? No. no I think, usually I think, see one coming out of the East. I think the NL East is too good. Yeah. And – the NL East might get too wild. It might not be better than this one, though. The NL East might get too I know we're giving a lot of love to the NL East, but we might not. There's a good chance we get two well, teams this, out there. These top three teams are very good. Yeah. You can make a case that all three of them yeah, can make the play. I was going to say, you could even see all three of them in there. You could. I just – that NL East to me is that, – that's three really good teams. With with their wild card factor of the Mets in there, just if their pitching somehow, you know, gets them, you know, in the 80-win mark. 
that could screw up the NL East. And the Rockies were there last year. Um, they got a bad division too, outside of the Dodgers. So maybe they could beat up on some teams there and still be in the mix. But uh, that's what's fun. I definitely think two teams come out of this division. That's for sure. Uh, we'll see. Um, anyway, more baseball coming up next weekend. We'll get to two more divisions. Got a guest or two lined up in the coming weeks as we preview and get ready for uh, baseball. Of course, if you guys have any fantasy baseball questions, hit us up on our Twitter at Over the Top Sport. Uh, Mike is always all over it. And check out his podcast where you guys drafted over there. I mean, he's going position by position, in depth. Almost every player that's involved in fantasy, he touches on at some you're gonna, point. You're going to want to hear what he's got to say. So if you really want to win, you got to put the time in sometimes. Yep. That's the way to put the time in. Our know? big days tomorrow, baby. Put on that. We, you know what? Reason do, we got the board up and not Eli behind us. Do a mock draft and listen to Mike's podcast while you do it, and you just be getting bombarded with information. It'll help you. It'll go a long way. There's more information that you can also get on our podcasts, and it's with Vinnie the Sharks bets. Guess what? You don't have to listen to the podcast to hear his bets for today in college basketball because I got the shark right here. All right. Let's do this. College basketball is the last Saturday. Next week we get into conference tournaments for all teams. So it's a big time. You got senior days all week. Uh, we're going to start off with Houston Clemson. I'm going with the under at 130. Uh, both teams play very good defense. Syracuse on the road. It's tough to figure out that zone. We're going to go with the all-around game at 130 instead of the first half under, which I normally do with my Syracuse plays. Georgetown, if you've been listening to my podcast or anything, I love these Big East dogs. They're getting uh, 10 against Marquette. Marquette has at home, but I still see Georgetown keeping it close. The Big East is so competitive. Uh, they beat up on each other all the time. I like Georgetown with those points. Purdue, they need this win because tonight's Michigan and Michigan State. One of those winners are going to be tied for first place in the Big Ten. Or they win it if Purdue doesn't beat Northwestern today. So I like Purdue to win in Northwestern, to make it a tie with either Michigan or Michigan State in the Big Ten. Uh, Purdue is minus 5.5. I'm buying the one point. I like them to get the win on the road. USC plus 7.5. They need a W here uh, to solidify them in the Pac-12 standings. They're playing Colorado. I like Denny Boatwright and the Trojans plus 7.5. K-State. I don't know if I like the seven and a half, but I do like the money line. Plug them in on all your parlays today with that money line. They should be able to beat Oklahoma at home, no problem. I'm taking DePaul. DePaul, DePaul. We love them. I've been betting them all year. They cover a lot of spreads, and guess what? They're pretty hot. Uh, Max Struess put up 40 against St. John's, and then the whole team put up 100 the other uh, the other game they played. They're getting eight and a half at Creighton, who's on a four-game win streak, but eight and a half is too much points for this DePaul team right now. And then finish off the nightcap here, Washington minus three and a half. They're taking on Oregon. I'm buying the one there. Washington has not lost a home game. It's senior night. They're not going to lose one here tonight. Also, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, Murray State takes on Belmont today. That's the winner of the Ohio Valley Conference. Everybody loves John Morant on Murray State. There's only one way that we're going to see this kid dancing. It's if he wins this game, he has to win that conference tournament. If we want to see John Morant, the number one point guard, going in the NBA draft in March Madness. So, uh, Murray State, I don't know the spread. It wasn't out last I checked. But I'm going to be all over that. I want to see him in it. I think everyone wants to see him. So definitely take a look at Murray State's line as well. And locally in New York, there is a chance that three teams can make the dance. Hofstra, Stony Brook, and St. John's. Yeah, it's actually pretty crazy. They all could. I mean, Hofstra's number one seed in their conference tournament. Hofstra's been great this year. Stony Brook is, uh, you know, very good. Had a big winning streak. Had a good record this year. They got to win their conference tournament because they don't get that large either in St. John's. Wouldn't, wouldn't um, that be something? That would be actually a lot, a big local feel to a not big college basketball um, area, not a hotbed for college basketball. Anyway, just coming up, we said we're going to get to see the MLB rule changes. Vinny's uh, picks, as always, will end up on our Twitter if you missed them. Um, and listen to him because he wins money. Uh, but we got to go through them quick. 
I'm going to throw some of these out here, and I want your, your um, I guess, opinion on them. We're going to have a machine. Oh, first of all. Oh, boy. For you guys that didn't hear this. These are going to piss me off, every one of these. The Atlantic League, which is Long independent baseball, Long Island Ducks, Somerset Patriots, Bridgeport Bluefish, Camden River Sharks. I know a lot you know, of those. All those teams that Why you guys. all of them? I don't know. <laughs> uh, comes with my job. But, um, you know, they are an independent league. And, you know, you see a lot of former MLB players and guys trying to get back into the major leagues because they're unaffiliated with major league teams. Anyway. They play a full season. Um, God, there's a team in, in Texas, the Sugarland Skeeters. Roger Clemens pitched for them. Um, exactly how many of these teammates you know. They are going to be the guinea pigs, test running. Is that a team name? No, but they, they might be soon. <laughs> the if, Atlantic if League out. guinea pigs. <laughs> the Atlantic League itself is the guinea pigs. So they're going to be testing out some rule change proposals. Okay? And here they are. Number one, a machine will help with ball and strike calls. An end to the hallowed 60 feet 6 inches is going to be gone and bigger bases. What does that mean? An umpire will be assisted by a radar system that tracks where balls land in the strike zone. They did not elaborate, but a robot will help the umpire make balls and strike calls. It could overrule calls made by an umpire. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean... What the... Are we playing MLB? We live in a world where... The umps and the refs can't screw these teams anymore. It's just, it's just that kind of world. I like the except, nature except of it. when you're a Saints fan. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but look at the outcry for that. That's that's playing into this. What happened there is playing into this. Uh, you can't have robots in baseball, man. Come on. No, now this one isn't so bad. No players or coaches allowed to visit the man on the mound unless a pitching change is made. The move would seem uh, designed to speed up the games. That's fine. If you want to make a change Whatever. and you get rid of the, you know, you get one mound visit per pitcher per inning. Um, the mound visit did nothing last year. The six mound visits a game. That was it did not, you didn't yeah, realize no, it. no one went through it. Right. Um, this isn't a, I mean, they don't do it more than six times a game. And how much are you Maybe really training, saving it. that you can't have a mound? Right. I don't like the things that take away from strategy. Yeah. And if you want to have a coach speak strategy with his pitcher, I don't like that. They're doing that because in the playoffs, catchers will literally go up to a pitcher almost after every pitch to make sure they're on the same page. Here's what I hate. They're all bad. Um, pitchers will be required to face a minimum of three batters. Nope. Um, it's designed, but I believe it's three batters or finish an inning. So it's not like um, no, two outs. You can bring your left. It's not like Bryce Harper. Yeah, Bryce Harper's up at bat. You bring it. You just say you're the Braves. You bring in Johnny Venters to get him out. He doesn't have to pitch the two batters in the that, ninth. That helps it, but it's still pretty bad. I want no. to use my relievers. I want to use. My- no, it takes strategy out of the game. Lefty righty matchup. Right. Pinch hitting. You know what do you do here? Do I bring in my lefty because they might pinch hit a righty? And now that takes it all away. I don't understand it. Stop taking strategy away from a thinking man's sport. It's terrible. It is. Shame. Defensive shifts limited. Teams uh, will have to have two players on each side of the base at the release of the pitch. The shift. Uh, I don't mind the shift. Hit the ball the other way. Bunt it. Learn how to hit the ball the other way. Learn how to go against the shift. There's a reason everyone does it. The, the odds show that the shift stops, uh, stops these players. How about stop being so damn stubborn and learn how to hit the ball the opposite way or drop down a bunt and settle for a single instead of hitting a hard line drive into mm-hmm. an out? Yep. And what about your exit velocity? Um, really quick, uh, Doesn't the shift speed up the game in a way? Record more outs. 
They don't seem to want that because if they want more outs, then how come they want to move the distance from the pitcher's rubber to home plate by two feet, which changes every single thing about pitching that we've ever known. Cannot do that. Cannot do that at all. Um, it closed that, down that, pitches. It changes the, just the history of the of pitching. And yeah, exactly. You're not going to be seeing all the Chapman uh, hit 103 anymore. Well, and their curveball is going to break two feet different yeah, than they used to. Yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, that's a huge game changer. That's also They're changing the actual dimensions you of the field. You can't do that. And that's also going against speed in the game because you're going to see more hits and more balls, more walks. Yeah, that's terrible. And then all the infield bases will be increased in size to 18 inches, so three inches. So that means more bang-bang plays when they don't want that. That doesn't help speed. All these things don't speed up the game, no. which is what they really – what's the big aspect of, of all these rule changes, right? None of these speed them up. Make the bases bigger, you're going to have more reviews. And then, so if I'm stealing second base, I get there, you know, uh, half a second earlier because mm-hmm. it's a bigger base. Why? Well, should make it smaller, if anything. No, I don't keep it the freaking same. Leave it the same. Baseball is this is not the AAF, okay? <laughs> it's not around in its premier first, you know. Season. I hope when this goes into the Atlantic League that it's just crapped on. It won't left be. and right. Nobody pay, nobody, you know why? nobody pays attention to the Atlantic League anyway. Yeah, so. but now we need the Atlantic League players to come up and say this is terrible. Well, it is terrible, and if it's a harbinger of things to come in baseball, it's going to make me rethink my fanhood. That's for another time. We're just three weeks away, less than three weeks away from opening day in baseball. Can't wait. Stick with us as we get through our previews. We should have Big Mike back next weekend. We will have two more division previews. Like I said, the Sharks podcast, Big Mike's podcast, listen to it throughout the week. There will be more ones. We try to do a hockey one this week as well. I actually have some time off for once this week. Hockey listeners, you're going to want to hear what this guy's got to say. No at all. So we'll do all that in the coming week. And thank you for listening. Thank you to Sexy Me Watcher for calling. Um, Vinny, we'll uh, be on with you next week. You fake Conor McGregor. Uh, any final thoughts? Final thoughts. LeBron James passed Michael Jordan on the all-time points list. And it was, it was great because no one cared. It was great. It was, you know, besides ESPN uh, honoring the achievement, this is supposed to be something that was bowed upon. This is an all-time great that he passed. And instead, he's getting booed before that moment. He's not a true Laker. Nobody cared about it. He was just in a uniform that it didn't belong in. And it just wasn't celebrated the way it really, honestly, should have been celebrated. It was great to see. Yeah. And my final thought is enjoy your fantasy baseball drafts because the baseball draft is the one draft that doesn't come in quick succession. If you do football, you're in a bunch of leagues. You get September. You do hockey. It's right after that. You do basketball. You get the three leagues within, like, that month. You draft, draft, draft. It's the only time you get to draft in like a, the other nine months of the year. So right. enjoy them. Good luck. Listen to Big Mike. Follow us on Twitter. We will see you guys next Saturday morning.